0: The truth about van life. My name is Miles Dittmar. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Smile Hard Podcast. Is van life really as glamorous as it seems? How do van lifers afford to live on the road? Where do they shower? Where do they park? We live in an interesting time right now. You're perceived as rich or privileged if you live in a van. At least this was my experience when I would post stuff on social media when I was living in the van. And 90% of the comments were, well, how do you afford that? I can't afford that. Your parents must be rich. I want to do this so bad, but I don't have the money. Steering a little off topic, last year I posted a video that said, POV, you say yes to life. And it was a video where I just traveled to Oregon and uh, that's it. And then I took a flight to Oregon and my buddy and I explored. But, you know, 80%? percent or more of the comments were just so hateful about how they don't have the money to do that. And it was like $400. I saved up and I went on a vacation, a not that expensive vacation, just two states away. And it was a two day trip and came back and went straight back to work. You know, it wasn't immaculate or luxurious, you know, and unfortunately the internet, social media, whatever can be perceived different than it actually is. And the whole reason I made that video was because I was in a dark place and I decided to finally say yes to life and I got out of the dark place and I, you know, went exploring and just, I don't know, gotten a better, better mindset and kind of fixed uh, my problems at the time. It wasn't anything about like saying yes to life and I'm rich and I get to go travel everywhere. It wasn't even like crazy. I was just like by some trees and on a plane. But my point is that a lot of times I witness this through my comment section on social media and other people's comment sections that do van life. And a lot of the comments are, how do you afford to do that? And I'm always just like, what What do you mean afford to do that? Like the house that I'm renting right now that I'm recording this podcast in is, you know, nearly $2,500 after bills and stuff a month to live in and we don't enjoy it. We don't love it. And we're just working our butts off to live here. Kind of in the van, it's free, you know, like it's, there's no rent. So that's like, (laughs) right away, I'm like, okay, I don't understand what you're talking about, because there's no rent. And I get like the whole concept of you need, not you need, but you should live in a house so that you can go to work and pay it off and like, get in the groove of that. But like, a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of individuals out there that really enjoy the van or camping lifestyle and they don't have a problem with living in a van or a camper and just going to work that way or working out of their van and camper or they saved up a bunch of money and they're good for a year you know like there's different things that are going on so I just wanted to get that off the table um the whole how do you afford that conversation shouldn't exist I feel like in the van life thing I feel like it should be switched. The van lifers should be saying it to the the renters, the apartment renters, the home renters, and the owners that are paying their 30-year mortgages right now. Like, I I just, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to the expenses. When we lived in the van for two months, I bought a storage unit so that I could put everything in there, um, and then I could work out of it, actually. It was really cool. It had Wi-Fi and AC and power and free coffee. Uh, I miss it, but <laughs> anyways. It was a great place. So that was like two fifty ish a month. Um, and then you're paying for some gas, but like if you're not planning on traveling like far distances and all that, you, the gas is about the same as your commute to your work or your regular week routine of, you know, going to get groceries or whatever you're doing to fix your house or blah, blah, blah. Um, the gas isn't, I don't think... An issue, money wise, it doesn't make a difference. Car insurance is car insurance. You might want to upgrade your policy a little bit because you're living in it. But uh, yeah, that's that. I don't know. I'm not gonna go through like everyone's bills and everyone's got different things that they're paying for. But I think that um, ultimately it is cheaper. It's a cheaper lifestyle, and I get that buying the van is expensive. But if you, you know, factor in if you wanted to buy or like pay a lease for the van. Um, instead of like paying your rent for the year, for the house, you could factor that in. There's so many variables, but what is the truth? Like, what is the truth about van life? You know, it, on social media, it seems so beautiful and everyone's always so happy and down to earth and whatever, and you know, like everyone's like walking out of the van and they're at a mountain cliff. But what's the truth about van life? where are you spending 90% of your nights, how are you refilling your water, you know, like all those things that no one really talks about or thinks about when they're watching the videos about van life. So that's what this podcast episode is all about. As some of you guys know, Kendall and I are moving out of this house in two days, uh, and we're gonna go live in the van again. So I'm just kind of like, you know, refreshing my mind, bringing this topic back up, trying to go through the do's and don'ts, but pros and cons, what we what we did right and what we did wrong the first time so that we can um, you know have a better experience this time. I'll just share a few pros and cons of what we witnessed living in the van. I, I will say that there's a decent amount of cons, I think just based on where we were living out of the van. Um, we wanted to be by a Planet Fitness and also a storage unit, so we were essentially just living in a Planet Fitness parking lot. Um, But we would bounce like between different parks in Boulder, Colorado, Longmont, Colorado and Fort Collins, Colorado. Even spent some nights in Colorado Springs in the van um, and some other cities in between. But the majority of the time was spent in the Planet Fitness parking lot. And if you know anything about van life, you know that it's not frowned upon to live in a Planet Fitness parking lot in your van. Like, there was no short of three vans near us every night or every other night in that parking lot. So it felt pretty comforting knowing, like, we were okay to stay there overnight. But that was, like, one of the only places out here in Colorado. Like, other places, like, we, we would, other cities, I mean, we would have to really find, like, a park to... Uh, camp at or like a, a neighborhood that was nice enough that you could park on the side of the road for the night or whatever. It did feel like a scramble every night if you don't like buy a, a campsite spot for like a season. I know that a lot of people do that, but um, those those spots go really fast and they're not cheap, like an RV spot with a hookup and everything. And then at that point, like it's almost like not van life anymore. So I think that that would be fun for like a month at a time, but not longer than that, unless you're, you know, just trying to have a cheap place to live and um, you're okay with the routine. But van life is usually like doing a little bit of traveling and staying in certain areas for only a week at a time and, um, or even a couple nights at a time. But that was one thing is I think we witnessed, it was pretty hard to like, just make sure you're Okay for the night. Um, that Planet Fitness was pretty comforting. You were allowed to park there overnight, um, and and I think Florida was a little bit different. There was a lot of like it was pretty okay to park in a Walmart overnight, most WalMarts at least, and then like you'd be fine in a lot of areas. But I think that because of the craze van lifers um, and all that, they come out to the west, and I think that the cities have kind of had enough and. It's pretty frowned upon to park overnight in parking lots. And at the end of the day, it's their rule, it's the law, you can't get upset at it. You can try, but don't get mad if a cop knocks on your window at 4 a.m., which has happened to us in Colorado Springs. So living in Longmont, Colorado, um, it was a little bit scarier than we expected, I think. The homelessness there is is kind of rough, and... In my experience, they weren't really, you know, there's different types of people, of course, and there's different types of homeless people. Um, There's crazy kind who have, you know, mental illness or they're on drugs or they're just uh, so-called tweaking and screaming and, you know. And then there's hippie homeless. And uh, there's all the in-between. There's the veterans who lost their leg in war and all these other things. You know, there's so many different variables, but it seemed like at least where we were spending our time, there was a lot of the scarier tweakers, the mental health issues, the drugs, the, the kind where you're like, oh, let's walk around that area. Let's not walk through that area. And we didn't really know that pulling into there. Um, we did some scouting like a year before to see where we wanted to live And the plan with living in the van was to like live in the van and explore these cities and just really see how the cities are. And then maybe we'll get the house or get a house to rent in one of those cities, blah, blah, blah. So we went to Longmont. We really thought Longmont was cool. It seemed like a mini version of Fort Collins. And we actually did not like Loveland at first. And now that we've lived here for a while, we don't like Longmont at all. And we like Loveland a lot more. Um, But anyways, like, uh, going back to the homelessness, I, th- I feel like Boulder has a lot more of the hippie homeless. Like they're all living down by Boulder Creek. And the last time I was there, they were all like, not all, but there was a few of them help helping cleaning trash and just they weren't bothering you. And it was kind of similar when I was in Portland with Blake. Like, yes, there's actually thousands of them. And there's miles and miles of tent cities. And all the streets are blocked off, which is Crazy. It's very bizarre. Um, like where you used to be able to drive, it's just walking only now because people are living there on the street. But um, not one out of the hundreds to thousands we walked past, or bike past, or scootered past asked us for money. So it was just a different experience with those homeless people. But going back to Longmont, I mean, I have a couple stories. I'm not going to tell all of them, but one of them, I was putting Maggie away in the crate and this homeless guy like nearly came into the van and he wasn't super crazy, but he was like, Hey man, you want to buy these headphones? And I was like, Hey, get out of my car. Like I am clearly homeless too, dude. Like I, I live here and you're homeless and I'm homeless and I'm younger than you. I'm actually much younger than you. No, but I didn't say that. That was just running through my head. I, I'd i said, uh, Like, of course, I was like, Whoa, hey, like, you scared me. You're popping up into my car, basically, and trying to get me to buy something. And I was like, No, just go try over there. And I just pointed at a gas station or something. But I was, I was just like one of those jump scare things where you don't know what to say and you're like angry, but scared and like nervous all at the same time. And you kind of like forget how to think, because you're, like, fight-or-flight mode, and, and you're, like being, I don't know, it was weird, like, there's been some times where it's just been weird, and that was, uh, Kendall took a trip to Wyoming, so I had a few moments like that. Um, another one was, like, there was this crazy dude in the Planet Fitness parking lot just screaming, doing laughs around our van and the other vans nearby, and I could, uh, I could sense that the other ones were, like, curious, too. I think I saw them peek out, like, a window or something at one point, but, um, this dude just kept doing, like, laps around the vans and screaming at 1, 2 a.m., and saying, like, I know there's feds in there, blah, come out, and I just was, you know, I wasn't afraid of my safety, necessarily. I was just, like, man, I don't want a knife in my tire right now. I don't want a rock thrown at my window, and it just, like, went on and on, and, he would disappear for five minutes or 10 minutes and then reappear. And you're like, oh, I was just about to go to bed. And so that this was like my least favorite night of the homeless stories. Um, So at this point, it's late. It's I'm so upset. And uh, I just head out and I was just trying to find a place to sleep for the night. And I finally found this like assisted living neighborhood type of thing. And there was no tow away signs, didn't frown upon of, of, like, staying there or parking there, so I was like, this has to be fine, right, like, it seems empty, so I went over by, like, where one or two of the other cars had parked, and then within five minutes, a cop shows up, and I was like, oh, my!" god like, like, at that point, I had just gotten in bed, and, you know, PJs are on, and I'm comfy, I'm, like, just ready for bed again, and I have a good conversation with the cop, he said that one of the one of the ladies that lived there, her ex-boyfriend had the same van. So she called the police and uh, she was like a worker for the assisted living place. And she thought it was her ex-boyfriend, um, but he still said, I got to go. And he, I was like, where do you think I should go? Because there's homeless guy screaming around my van where I usually sleep. And uh, he was just like, just go to the Walmart and write a sign on your door because these Walmarts, you're not allowed to stay at overnight. So, I pull up. I saw an RV in the Walmart parking lot, and it had a ticket on it. So that I was like, "Dang, this is this sucks." Like they probably just parked here and got a ticket, um, and they're sleeping right now. But I parked there and I put a big note. Actually, right before this, sorry, uh, I went back to the Planet Fitness because I was like, "Maybe he's gone." And then I went back there. Same thing happened where I like stopped or I parked, got in bed. Half hour later, it he comes by and starts screaming again, and, uh, at one point, I think when I was finally, like, I'm leaving, he was just standing right in front of the van with just, like, the most zombie-like, like, like, death stare right into the van, and there's like, a a crack through, like, the privacy, my privacy shields, whatever, and I could see him, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta get out of here, but, um, so I just show up to the Walmart, I wrote a big note on a napkin or like a paper towel explaining everything and I said a police officer said to be here, I'll be out at six or seven a.m., whatever it is. So at this point it's probably like four a.m. I get there, I put this note on the on the window. And like mind you, I'm not even comfortable like anywhere in that city. Like I just feel like I'm just gonna have another homeless encounter or something. Longmont felt like that in some ways, and I know that there is a better section of it, and that's, uh, like, a little bit nicer, but I don't know. The, it was kind of a weird time, but, um, yeah, so woke up early, got, like, two or three hours of sleep, and then I probably went to, like, a park and napped in the van or something like that in the middle of the day. But, yeah, a lot of the parks, like, the, it's kind of weird to sleep there because that's where a lot of the homelessness is there at the parks or a lot of them are closed for the night it's it's just kind of like this weird you got to practice and figure it out and see where there's good spots but you usually don't just like you know pull up to the side of a mountain sleep there and wake up to a beautiful sight. and there are places to do that and that's what we're trying to figure out um i know that the term is called boondocking i'm pretty sure where you can camp for free in like a car and a tent and it's not the most luxurious campgrounds, but uh, a lot of people do it, so I've been trying to do some research on that, um, and just try and figure out where what we're going to do, because the whole month of June, we are going to live, not the whole month, but two to four weeks, we don't know yet, we're going to live in, the, in Kendall's car, not the van, um, the van will be packed with all of our stuff, we're going to live in Kendall's car, and just travel all of Colorado, like we've been here this whole time, and we haven't really gotten to, you know, see stuff, and we're going to Go everywhere from durango to steamboat springs Gun- gunnison grand junction palisade uh, the dunes pikes peak grand mesa um yeah so many places and i'm super super excited but it's super important to figure out where we are gonna sleep for the night and if we like a certain city more than other cities we're gonna stay there longer and you know all that stuff. But we got to get water somewhere. We got to make sure that there's Walmarts within certain trips and uh, showers, planet fitness showers and all that stuff. So a lot of planning to do. I've got a big list going and our map routed out, but we're still figuring that out. Now, I'm not a true van lifer. And what I mean by that is (laughs) our van, I bought the van for my company, Beaten Path. I bought it for a like warehouse on wheels and we did a lot of events in Florida so I wanted to keep all of the event stuff and separate inventory from the website all in the van so that we could just show up to events pull the stuff out have an event and then you know have it ready for the next event Um, but since I bought it I don't know if we've even done an event with that van (laughs) ironically we bought it and came out here and I have struggled to find any pop-ups anywhere any vendor markets there's a few farmers markets but they're food only and it's just different um i don't think there's as much as a market for that as there was in florida like every city has one every week or every month in florida but uh yeah so i mean that that's another contributing factor to why we're moving back to the smokies or over east and being in tennessee or north carolina we'll be able to pop down to florida and just camp in the van and do events and come back up. And I think it's a great location because you can get to a lot of areas and um, I'm super excited for that spot. But anyways, got the van and we just planned on like throwing the mattress on the ground and camping basically in it. And I've slowly, like we've slowly done a few things. The people before us put um, flooring in and some insulation in, but it's just like kind of floating insulation, it's right there. So you can touch it, um, It's there's no walls up or anything. But I built this floating bed and I am still proud of myself because it's a uh, it's a removable floating bed and there's not really any YouTube tutorials on there. So I came up with a, my own design and I've got this floating bed that you can take off pretty easily and put back on and it's really secure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I did that. And there's a few things in there. We've got the fan on top of the van and I've got a generator. So it's like ready. We can camp in it but it's not like van life and like van life is different. I'll be so transparent with this. My van cost nearly 30,000 and um, it's a lot, it's expensive. That's, that's a big chunk of money for me. But when you're like fully doing it, I get that that's where the money issues are. Um, like it's like 70 grand minimum to actually do it unless you just want to get like an old school van that's already built out. You can get those with 300,000 miles and you know, whatever for the, a, a cheap car price, like 10,000 or less, you can find those. But, um, you know, it's the, it's the Mercedes Sprinter on the side of a mountain that you always see in, um, van life videos on social media. So that's where a lot of people are like, I can't afford that. There are different options, and you can also build it yourself. You can also do our route where you're just camping in the van. Um, you're not actually, like, hardcore living in it. But, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So it's not super – it's definitely not luxurious for us or just kind of camping. Um, but luckily, we love camping. We bonded – Kendall and I bonded over car camping all the time during COVID and stuff and when we first met, and we would car camp in St. Augustine all the time. and It was just – something that we loved and it was, it's cool to find a girl that likes to do that. So yeah, I'm stoked to that. We're going to keep doing that. And, um, that's going to be one of our like biggest pastimes is car camping. We, we love to do that. So that, that comes with it. Like maybe go try camping in your car before you go try doing the van life thing. Cause if you hate it, then it's not for you and go try a random parking lot where you think you're not supposed to be, because that's the reality of most van life nights. Something that I want to address is the stigma around van life. So, have you ever heard the quote, living in a van down by the river? That's by Chris Farley on SNL. And that quote is associated with being a failure in life. Like, living in a van down by the river. You know, that's kind of what that whole skit was about. That was his thing. Um, RIP to a legend. But, yeah, that is an old stigma. Nowadays, living in a van is representative of being free and living a minimalist lifestyle and you know you do you you're doing you're choosing your decisions you're in charge of your life it's a different world also side note anyone older that's listening things were not insanely expensive they were always expensive you know things were expensive but now it is literally impossible the average debt I just read this earlier today. The average debt per person is $7,000, which isn't, like, insane, but that's the average debt that every human in America has is $7,000 in debt. So we're all in debt on average. Our expenses exceed our wages. The median income is $35,000. That blows me away. I don't know how people live off $35,000 a year, like, comfortably and, you know, growing and progressing in life, like, how is anybody doing that? I don't understand. You know, when houses, the houses in this neighborhood, which is not a significant neighborhood, we're not in the mountains, and we have tiny mountains here in Fort Collins. But anyways, there's million dollar houses in this neighborhood. Our house that we're renting is a $600,000 house. I I just, I don't get it, you know? Uh, so the whole stigma around van lifers, and being poor, and you know, being a failure in life, that doesn't exist anymore. It's almost quite the opposite. Like if you want to be rich, you go live in a van and you go work two jobs and you save a bunch of money. You know, it's a it's a different concept now. And we also have different technologies now. It's a, we've, It's a different world than it was. And I get that, you know, everything ebbs and flows and we go through changes. But yeah, I just wanted to get rid of this stigma because it's different. A lot of people just instantly assume that you're poor or you don't have another choice, but that's just not the case. It's actually the complete opposite. So don't judge a local van lifer. If you see a van lifer, give them a thumbs up instead of a, you know, frown or a judgment. One of the biggest questions that I got about living in the van and doing van life is showering. And of course, like you know, dishes and all those things come too. But showering is like a routine that most humans, at least in America, do daily. And it's just part of our daily routine and whatever. But um, so for us, Kendall and I, we just lived in the Planet Fitness parking lot and, you know, woke up and we walked inside and showered. So that was that was it. Um, There was no like, you know, not showering for days or um, a shower in our van. You know, it, it was just we'd walk up into the Planet Fitness, take a shower, walk back. It was kind of fun in a way. It was annoying in a way because you got to walk inside and check in and go to the shower. And it wasn't as easy as it sounds. You don't just like walk in and take a shower. But it isn't that hard. Like if you're considering the fact that we have clean running water and it's $10 a month, $120 a year to have a Planet Fitness membership, which is pretty insane. Uh, It's so cheap if you're factoring all those things in and you're being grateful about it and aware of like what is going on then it is pretty amazing it's just the mindset that you you know engrave into your into your mind and uh it'll create an entirely different outcome on the situation i've also heard of a lot of van lifers showering at beach showers so if you're on the coast and you can find a beach shower and just sleep in a beach parking lot and do that. That's a that's a big thing I've heard of. Showering in lakes, which you're not supposed to like put soap in the lakes. So please be aware of that. But if you are just rinsing off or whatever, um, you can do that in lakes. And then of course, if you're staying at a campsite or you have an RV hookup or whatever, almost all of those are guaranteed to have a community like shower and bathroom and all that. But if you're going for the cheapest option, I think Planet Fitness is going to be your cheapest option. Uh, or you can go full out and get one of those, like, outside showers that attach to your van. Um, I just don't know how practical that really is. Like, I feel like you gotta be, like, out there to use that. You can't be in a parking lot pulling out the shower and just showering in the parking lot. Like, you can. You do you. And I uh, I was getting ready for the day once this lady just pulled up next to me and started hula hooping in the parking lot, and she did it for, like, a solid hour. She brought a boom box, put it on her trunk of her car and just hula hooped. And she was like hardcore hippie. I have videos of it. So if anyone wants to see that, please let me know. It was, it was great. Like I, I wasn't judging her by taking the videos. I thought it was like amazing that this woman just did not care. She was an older lady, pulled up, just started hula hooping. It was great. So you do you. I just think that practicality, Planet Fitness or a gym membership is the way to go. Or if you're just gonna be full off-grid, you know, then do your outdoor shower. And if you're gonna go full van life, of course, do the indoor shower that you can do inside your van. There's been times where, if I'm being honest, we showered just in bathrooms. (laughs) Like we we were, when we took a trip to Washington DC, there was like a random, almost like flash flood, you know, uh, crazy. Like we were camping and then all of a sudden just downpour. And the way that city's infrastructure is, is it can kind of be scary. Um, if you're in a flash flood depending on where you're parked because it's kind of like a bowl like where we were at least the water was just rushing and Kendall's car we learned had a leak in the ceiling so we were like getting dripped on and kind of worried about being swept away a little bit Um, that wasn't as big as the worry as the as the leak so we were trying to figure out where to sleep so we went under a bank awning for a little bit but we were figured we can't stay here all night so we finally just drove around and found a parking garage and camped in there. but on that trip we uh, I got, we got coffee at a pete's coffee and then just took a few paper towels with their hand soap and you know got the basic cleaning done on the body in the bathroom didn't get naked and like get all weird with it but you know scrubbed it on our arms and legs and yeah so sometimes you got to do what you got to do just be presentable you know buy the coffee you can't walk in there and just like shower and use their stuff and not buy anything so buy a coffee be nice have a smile uh and then if you come out with like wet hair they won't be frowned upon as much you won't be frowned upon as much by the by the workers the next biggest issue bathroom number one number two what do you do I mean, we live in a modern world where there's just buildings everywhere and stuff, so it's not that hard to actually find bathrooms and whatnot. And then, of course, there's the argument of, you know, it's a lot easier for a male to go use the bathroom than a female. You can go with the uh, the compact car portable toilets. You can do those. Uh, we were tempted to get one of those, but we didn't. It just... I don't know why we didn't, it just wasn't like a room, enough room in the van or I don't know. Like the concept also of just like pooping in your toilet and then you go have to find a trash can and discard it and whatever is just as inconvenient as finding a public bathroom. Uh, So yeah, I don't think we, we, no, well, of course we didn't, we didn't jump the gun on that, but this is a little bit embarrassing, but I created this funnel uh, contraption, this Miles Ditmar technology, van life technology, where you crack your slider door open on the van, and I have this funnel that has a bent tube, and it reaches underneath the van, so you can pee into this funnel, and it'll output underneath the middle of the van in the middle of the night. If you gotta go in the middle of the night, you just you crack the door open, pee in the funnel, close the door, call it a, call it a night. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I came up with for peeing. Um, but the pooping thing, you gotta find the bathroom. And there's, there's bathrooms everywhere. Just do your research on that. Unless you wanna go with the toilet. I mean, nowadays, I, I haven't done enough research, but there's so many things now where you can find a toilet for your van. So, I do wanna talk about some pros, because I'm just saying cons, but like, going back to the money thing, you save so much money by living in a van no rent no electricity bills no water bills your only costs are food and gas and uh of course like what you're doing throughout the day but it just depends on who you are as a person and what you aspire to do and where you work and what field of work you work in and do you need wi-fi do you need you know um so, everything just depends on that, but you do save a lot of money. Foods. Oh, here in Colorado, we didn't really have an issue with just having a cooler and having like we didn't really have things in the cooler that needed to be refrigerated. We just had like things that you could refrigerate. Um, for example, like tuna packets and yeah, essentially a lot of our foods were just were just that. It was that's kind of one thing is the cooking can be a hassle. Um, I do know that that's going to be rough, but we bought this little propane stove where you can cook on and it takes an extra minute. It's not super long, but it is just kind of like annoying to set up sometimes. But in retrospect, it's not that annoying. It's about the same amount of time to preheat an oven and all that. It's just the luxury of being in your house versus parking in a park and camping in the back of a van. One thing I do want to figure out for this trip is ac because we're going to go back out east and it's going to be summer and it does get hot you know everywhere is different but i want to figure that out i'm not going to buy a whole unit because i know that that can be like five to ten thousand dollars and all that but there's all these other little things where a thousand dollars or less you can get a really nice system that it's perfect for summer and they can be compatible with a generator and all that stuff so yeah and also going back to the generator, so I bought this generator. It's a Jackery generator, and I I also bought four big solar panels. They're really big, like you, big is an under, as, understatement. Jeez, uh, but they fold out, and you got to lay them out, and they're really they're nice for like camping. But besides that, they're so inconvenient, um, and they take like like with good sun like five to twelve hours to actually charge this thing um and they're supposed to be just good so i don't get it like maybe i'm doing something wrong but i'm not you know i did all my research and i i have them all plugged in right and facing the sun chasing the sun but anyways the difference between just finding an outlet which in the world we live in there's outlets everywhere uh literally on like light poles if you just look at light poles the right way you might find an outlet on it and i would just like park and find a light pole and Draw some energy and uh, charge this jackery up in like a half hour. So I don't know. It's it's just uh, depends on what you're looking for and how you perceive van life and if it is right for you. If you're ready for those two a.m. knocks on the windows, you got to move somewhere else from the police conversations. But if you want to be a millionaire, if you want to be rich, and you uh, aren't born into it, this might be the way to go. You can go live in a van for essentially free and just go work one or two jobs and just bust your butt and save a ton of money. And I love money and I just love working. So uh, to me, it comes pretty natural to have this mindset. And Kendall and I's responsibilities are pretty low right now. So we're in the prime to do it. Um, I'm excited to do it again. And I think it's going to be different now that we had a practice run it's going to be fun. Those of you who listen to the Smile Hard podcast know that I answer a few questions that you ask me on every episode. So let's dive into this week's questions. Okay, question number one. I've been feeling this one a lot lately. This is from username brox.1. The question is, my question is, how do you keep pushing yourself to do so much? I've been feeling that like I, I have been doing a lot lately, um, running beaten path and smile hard. Also doing side, a side project with the thrift finds. If you don't know what that is, I have a thrift page where I find some cool vintage pieces and sell them there. Um, that's just some fun side stuff. I I genuinely love doing that and just entrepreneurial things in general. So that stuff doesn't come hard to me, but I mean, I'm recording these podcast episodes. I'm moving, uh, making vlogs on YouTube. I'm making videos every single day for social media. I'm running social media. I don't even know how many social media accounts I I counted not too long ago. And I've created over 30 Instagram accounts alone, which is just nuts to me. I have like nearly 30 email accounts. I I just, I do think that I have a ADHD issue uh i've never been diagnosed and i've never really gotten that checked out and i just think that it has gotten worse over the years slash better you know if that makes any sense like i'm i'm i would never want to be anyone else than i am i'm very content with who i am and i have so much self-love for myself but i do worry that i i have i can be scatterbrained and like like hardcore scatterbrained i guess uh just so many things going on where I can't hyper focus at all and nothing gets done even though like my outlook when I think back like okay what was the last three months I <laughs> I wrote it down it would you know the list would never end so I am thankful for who I am and all that but I, I I don't know like the answer to your question is I don't know the question let me reread it how do you keep pushing yourself to do so much uh, caffeine <laughs> that helps and and just looking back, like you know, I I document my life because I love to look back at it and have memories, and I would love to show my son or daughter or anyone, like, hey, this was my whole life. If you want to look at it, I think it's just so cool. I would love to look at my spunky, fun, outdoorsy grandpa's life, and um, I I don't know, I had never really met my grandpas, so uh, I just I think that's a reason why I do a lot of that, so I can show my future grandson or whoever it may be my upbringing and all that I think that's a big reason and just like and my son and daughter of course if if I have those uh, I would love them to see like what I went through who I was who I am what shaped me to be me and uh, it's just cool I love watching like people's uh, glow ups or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, like looking back and then also just learning. Like I just, the more I do, the more I learn, everything is practice. And sometimes it takes failing to learn. So, uh, I think those are the reasons why I keep pushing myself. And it's just fun. Like when I don't, I actually get depressed when I, when I just work like one job and come home and watch TV and, you know, a lot of people are content with that. And I envy that hardcore. Like my brother, he works his butt off, you know, he does 70 plus hours a week. It's normal for him to do that at Publix at the grocery store. He's a meat manager, but like he's content with working his butt off, coming home and just hanging out. And I envy his lifestyle so much because he's happy and he's crushing it. And, uh, like, I can't, like, I, I, i am go 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 like right after this i'm gonna go to a filmmaker meetup in fort collins north fort collins and we're going to talk about films and review each other's films and hang out and all that but like when i'm done with that i'm going to come home and and just keep working on things i've got to get stuff packed for the rei shipment i've got a a couple posts i'm doing tomorrow morning i got to schedule this episode to come out I, i just non-stop and if i don't if i just sit down and do nothing i actually get really upset so um it's not really how do I keep pushing myself. It's, it's the, uh, I guess like if I don't, then I'll be depressed. (laughs) So that's, that's how I think everyone's hardwired differently. And if you're content with working one job, coming home and hanging out, chilling, having dinner and going to bed and repeat, uh, really hone in on that, focus on that and just, you know, perfect that craft there's nothing wrong with being number 15 at a big company because number 15 is still multi-millionaire and they're living their life and they're actually having fun so you know being an entrepreneur and doing a million things at once I think is more glamorous than what it actually is kind of goes back to the van life topic of it seems so cool and it's cool to have entrepreneur in your bio on social media and all that but when you actually think about it like it's a whole different world and if you're forcing yourself to be this person if you're forcing yourself to call yourself an entrepreneur you're not uh that's just what it is and sorry but you need to like reflect on that and actually be who you are and find your happiness and whatever i actually didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant until senior year of high school uh and then i was like oh yeah i mean i have 10 accounts that i mow lawns for and i used to sell gum in middle school, I used to do all these lawns, uh, like gardening for all, all my neighbors, I used to knit beanies, and scarves, and sell them, and make duct tape bullets, and you know, lemonade stands every weekend, so I've always done that. I used to flip skateboard decks, like I have probably flipped through like 50 to 100 skateboard decks, and just made profits on all of them. Anywhere from that to like reselling cars, I'm on my seventh car, and just, it's just a it's just a drive. It's just a mentality, and I think it's a different personality that people have. So I guess that's the answer. Uh, it's not really an answer, but it's kind of a description of who I am. So thanks for your question. Let's answer one more. Let's uh, let's let's do a random scroll here. We've got a lot, so we're just gonna pick one. This is a great question. This one comes from Kelsey Langseth. The question is: If you had a time machine, where would you travel to? And as I was reading it, the only thing, like the very only thing that came into my mind, I was like, "Where? what's a significant significant event that I feel that I like should have been there and I just wish I was there. And the thing that came to mind was the famous MLK speech right there in Washington, DC. And the few times I've been to DC, like I stand up there at the Lincoln Memorial and I look out and I'm just like, can you imagine the moment here where he spoke to thousands and millions through TV and all that about equal rights and what he stood up for and everything he's been through to get to that moment. And to be able to witness that, I mean, that would just be so amazing. There's so many events that I would love to see, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm not going to overthink that question. Thank you so much for your guys' questions. Those are great. If you want to ask me a question, you can shoot over to Twitter at SmileHardPod and tweet me or message me, or you can message me on any social media platform, Um, but that's the best one to reach me at for questions. I thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, It's been a great conversation. I think this helped me reflect on the trip that I'm about to take with Kendall and just kind of prepare and, um, you know, just think about what we want to do and how we want to do it and just try to have a better time this time in van life. Um, and I hope it helped you guys have a deeper perspective on van lifers. If you're not one or if you haven't tried it and if you're interested, I'd definitely encourage it. Um, just go camp in your van for a night or two and see how you like it. It's a pretty cool lifestyle and it gives you a lot of perspectives on everyone's life. Like it's just, a, it's just different. And if you haven't done it, I think you got to do it. It's one of those things you got to do before you die. So go do it. Go camp in your car go camp in a Target parking lot. (laughs) Anyways, I love you guys more than you know. I'm excited for our next conversation on the Smile Hard podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.